Charlotte. It's Shelby. It's Riley. And, and it's, it's time, time to smut up and listen. Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't advocate for kink shaming or author shaming. This is all in good smutty fun. Enjoy. Today's episode trigger warnings are violence, murder, somnophilia, and explicit sexual content. And today's book is Charming Your Dad by Sarah Blue. And how many stars did you give it on Goodreads, Shelby? I gave it a three. When I first started it, I was like, oh, this is at least a four and a half. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And then I was like, when is something going to happen? Yeah. And for, I, I want it to like hurt up a little bit okay because it started out fast paced but then it kind of like got less fast paced yeah and then like picked back up again and i was like i just want it fast paced i'm gonna give it a four i thought it was very enjoyable my quote for you riley is such a good girl getting this ass ready for me i think you should be rewarded oh and mine is show daddy how wet you are i grab his hands and slide his fingers over the lace of my panties so he can feel how wet i am for him i came in my pants the other day fuck he blurts out and i giggle he came in his pants the other day yes yes he did fuck (laughs) can't control himself he can't all right so we start in our female main character's pov her name is blair she's complaining to her cousin slash coven sister stevie about her boyfriend ryan and ryan is a human with dormant magic and she's dating him because of his magical signature so he's half human half not human and she can like sense his magic but he can't he doesn't have any power over it and he can't really do anything with it but she's like i like the way it feels but i don't like you as a person okay yeah she doesn't really like him and she's tired of topping him every time they have sex so she's the dom in the relationship she has to peg him and everything oh really Uh uh-huh and he doesn't even know that she's a witch stevie reminds her that she needs to be at the coven meeting tonight for the full moon and we learn that Blair's on probation for missing the last two meetings and the coven will lose strength if they don't do their rituals so Blair reluctantly agrees. She hates everyone in the coven aside from Stevie and we also learn that she fucked and bewitched a bunch of finance guys to get the money to open her restaurant Hex so Blair is a restaurant owner and she used her powers to steal a bunch of money from rich men. Get it girl. Yeah open your restaurant entrepreneur but she uses her income to support the coven while nobody else in the coven has real jobs moochers fucking moochers yeah blair meets up with ryan for lunch and he's all lovey-dovey and up her ass and she asks him how his open house went he's a realtor weird job and (laughs) she's literally about to break up with him when he interrupts her and tells her that his dad is in town and he wants her to meet him and she feels like a dick so she says okay she's like i was about to break up with you but now you want me to meet your dad sure i mean i feel like that would make it harder to break up with someone yeah she's like no i will not be meeting your dad because we are breaking up (laughs) we're done ryan tells her that she should be warned that his dad dax is a dick and wants her there to try and make dinner less awkward so they have a very strained relationship dax is an absent father and they don't have really any sort of relationship so he basically just wants blair there so it's less awkward for him a waitress comes over and obviously ignores blair to ask ryan if he needs anything so blair whispers a spell under her breath to make her trip and drop her tray of waters (laughs) peach (laughs) ryan says that he has to leave to go to a closing meeting and says that he'll call her later for details tells about dinner with his dad and walks out and then the waitress comes by to clean up her mess and Blair tells her to be careful next time. As she's walking out to her car she sees a large man riding a motorcycle and feels a hint of Ryan's dormant magic signature but thinks it's probably just from recently being around him. We switch to Dax's POV. He's at a meeting in hell attended by Lucifer, Lilith, Asmodeus, and someone named Milcom. He's in his human form for the meeting and he thinks to himself that his meat 
suit commands respect. So there are certain people that Lucifer will bestow bodies upon, and Dax was one of those people. And he's like, damn, this is a nice meat suit. Looks great. Ew, meat suit? Meat suit. Uh I hate that. Lucifer asks Dax if his progeny has produced any magical abilities, and Dax says, unfortunately not. But Lucifer tells him that as Dax's offspring, he'll join them in hell one way or another. They start to talk about a problem on Earth regarding demon possessions going wrong. They're just supposed to possess the human, use them for whatever they need, and then erase their memories. But a rogue demon is out in a town called Hollow's Deep, destroying the minds of whoever he takes over. Both Dax and Asmodeus are sent to the town to take care of it, and Dax is hesitant because he knows that's where his estranged son lives. He rides his motorcycle through Hollow's Deep looking around because this town is full of supernatural creatures, witches, werewolves, vampires, golems, demons, and angels, and everything else you can think of. When he gets to the bungalow he scared some humans out of, he texts his son and asks him to dinner, and Ryan says, sure, I'll bring my girlfriend. So he's not very enthusiastic about it, but he agrees. <gasps> oh, so that's Blair! Uh-huh. I knew she was gonna fuck someone's dad! <laughs> <laughs> they agree to meet up the next day and Ryan will text him the details about the place that he picks. Dax starts to go through his files to read up on the demon he's tracking and this one messes up the humans it possesses so badly that they go crazy. One person murdered their family, one of them killed themselves, two others are in asylums and the last three are missing and the demon attacks every three to four weeks. Asmodeus teleports to the bungalow and tells Dax they need to go out and have some fun and brings him to a restaurant called Hex. Stevie, the bartender, makes them drinks and Dax suddenly glances over to see the most beautiful woman he's ever seen and he consents immediately that she's a witch. She's got pale skin, long flowing black hair, and is wearing a plaid skirt that shows off some thigh tattoos. Ooh. Yeah. Dax and Asmodeus make a deal that whoever bags this witch gets all the glory from the mission when they get back to hell. We switch to Blair's POV. A few hours before she got to her shift at Hex, she'd stalked Ryan's social media to find a picture of his dad. She scrolls way back and finds one and realizes that his dad is the hottest man she has ever seen in her life. He's hot, hot, hot. Oh. Dilf. She started her shift at the restaurant by trying to figure out where some missing money was going, but didn't have any luck. And as she was going through the accounting information, she got a voice memo from Ryan. And when she played it, it was him telling a girl named Clover that he wants to fuck her. And Clover is one of Blair's coven sisters. Bitch. They both start talking shit about Blair in the memo, calling her a goth bitch wannabe, a washed up slut. And then Ryan's also talking about how he wants Clover's tight, sweet pussy. (gasps) Ryan is a bitch. He is a bitch. (laughs) Blair's fucking livid and Stevie runs into her office saying that Ryan's dad just walked into the restaurant. She can't fuck with Ryan because it's against the rules since he's a human. So she can't fuck with him magically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. She can't use any magic on humans. No, she cannot. So she decides... She's gonna fuck his dad. Yeah, you are. She walks out and sees Dax and Asmodeus checking her out and knows this is gonna be easy peasy. When she walks over to get him a drink, she can feel his magic pouring off of him. And when she brushes his hand while setting his whiskey down, it's like a bolt of lightning between the two of them. Dax asks if he can buy her a drink and she says yes. So he orders them a round of tequila shots. Asmodeus tries flirting with Blair, but she shuts him down real quick, saying that she's only into Dax. We switch to Dax's POV. He can sense powerful magic from Blair and there's something about her that calls to him. Asmodeus tells her that they're detectives working on a case in town and Blair stands between Dax's legs and leans over him to grab a drink off the bar, obviously being a tease. 
She asks how long they're in town for, and Dax says a few weeks, and asks if there's anything they should do while they're in town, and Blair says she can think of a few things. Yeah, she can. Forward. Like, fucking me. <laughs> he starts rubbing up and down her waist as she leans over, so her breasts are in his face. So they are just fully going for it. I was like, this happened so fucking fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The band on stage starts playing Rhiannon and Blair asks Dax to dance. They start to dance all slow and seductively and she leans in and kisses him. <gasps> Waste no time. I know. They just fucking met. When she pulls away, she looks confused as her eyes flashed purple and she asks him what he is. He says she'll have to wait and find out, little witch, and also tells her that he could sense that she was a witch as soon as he saw her, but he refuses to tell her what he is. They go back to the bar and Dax sees Blair put a spell on his drink while she thinks he isn't looking. He drinks it anyway because he figures it's probably some sort of Viagra spell that she assumes he needs since he looks to be a middle-aged man. It says that he looks like he's like 45. Yeah, okay. He asks her what she's doing tonight when Stevie comes up and says she's busy and they need to leave in 20 minutes. They try to make plans real quick and Dax says that he's busy meeting an old friend tomorrow night and they agree to meet up the night after. Because he remember, he has dinner with Ryan the next night. Stupid Ryan. That's right. Isn't Blair supposed to go to that though? She is. Ah, uh, all right. Blair and Stevie go to Blair's office and Asmodeus tells Dax he wants to find a different bar in town because nobody at this one wanted to fuck him. <laughs> he's a little baby. Yes. <laughs> Typical man. On Blair's way out of the restaurant, she tells Dax she'll be seeing him soon and he chuckles saying, soon than she thinks sweet dreams sooner than you think (laughs) we switch to blair's pov stevie asks blair what she did to his drink and she tells her something to keep her fresh in his mind she knew what he meant by sweet dreams but she has a feeling he'll be having sweet dreams of his own they get to the forest where the meeting is taking place and blair is greeted coldly by her mother josie josie looks to be the same age as blair but is blonde blue-eyed and slim and josie thanks stevie for bringing blair tonight and then stevie suddenly says she's confused and And Blair quickly realizes that her mom put a spell on Stevie to bring her to the meeting tonight. (gasps) Rude. Oh, sneaky bitch. I know. Her mom tells her that it's time for Blair to take her place as high priestess and Blair refuses because she doesn't want them sucking all the magic out of her for the coven to use for themselves. She grabs Stevie and tells them that they're leaving now, but Stevie drops to the ground and starts to vomit. (gasps) Josie tells Blair to agree to become high priestess and she'll reverse the spell on Stevie and Blair is like, she's your niece, how could you do this? And Josie says, she's just cannon fodder. So Josie doesn't give a shit about anyone. Nope. She's a bitch. She is. Stevie is fully convulsing on the ground now with her veins protruding and Blair is forced into the center of the coven circle and the entire coven starts to chant and Blair smiles to herself because even though they'll funnel all her magic out for themselves, she'll also be in charge of all of them as high priestess and vows to make the entire coven's life a living hell. Yeah. The chanting gets more intense and Blair is suddenly in an excruciating pain. She looks around to see the coven looking at her menacingly, especially Clover, and she realizes this was a trick. They don't want her to be high priestess and they're sacrificing her (gasps) yeah it escalated quickly way quick she pulls all the magic from herself that she can muster and the ground starts to quake so blair is an extremely powerful witch she's the most powerful one in the coven yeah okay the chanting stops as the ground cracks and blair looks around to see stevie crawling toward her and the rest of the coven unconscious Blair's exhausted from using all of her magic, so Stevie supports her weight and gets them out of the forest after putting a sleeping spell on the rest of the coven who is starting to stir. They get into the car and speed off back home as Blair falls asleep in the passenger 
seat. We switch to Dax's POV. Him and Asmodeus are in a warehouse sleuthing around when a demon named Cass portals in. She's hot, hot, hot and super dangerous. She wears like uh-huh. Louboutins. Yeah, she's fancy as fuck. Louboutins? Ah, it's Louis Vuitton. Louis. <laughs> she got Louis she got red bonnets. What is Louboutin? <laughs> They're Louis like Vuittons. <laughs> I'm not fancy. I do have a pair of Gucci slides. You do. I remember those. Uh huh. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. The red bottoms are like triple the price of the Gucci slides. Well, you know, they fancy. They are. I don't. I'm not fancy either. No. But no. I'm gonna start calling them Louboutins. <laughs> <laughs> no, Louboutins is a thing. I swear to God. Is it? It just sounds like a if your old man neighbor. <laughs> yeah, a, that would be his name. That's Louboutin down the street. <laughs> yeah, <that's my> neighbor. <laughs> Lou Booten. <laughs> I love it. That'd be like a really good drag name. <laughs> Lou Booten. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Lou Booten. <laughs> if ever I decide to strip, that's my stripper name. We'll paint, like spray paint the bottom of your stripper heels red. There yeah, you go. but they're like from Target. Walmart. <laughs> yeah, Target. Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Cass tells them that Lucifer sent her to make sure the men wouldn't fuck up a woman's job. She's a girl boss. Yeah, she, she is. is. She refuses to give them any intel she may have and says that they'll have to see who solves the case first and portals back out of the warehouse. The men hear a woman crying behind a shipping container and when they go to her, she's slapping herself in the head asking them to make it stop. She says someone named Mara used her body and made her do unspeakable things while she watched from inside herself. Asmodeus kindly tells her that he can make it all go away and she looks at him gratefully as he grabs her head and snaps her neck. Wait, he kills her? Yeah. It's the only way. Yeah. Oh. The demon made her crazy cuckoo. Yeah. Oh, so like they can't reverse it or anything? No. No. She was just like making Her brain is like all scrambled. Yeah, it's sad. They portal back to the bungalow and Dax is happy that they finally got a lead even though they have no clue who Mara is. Around 1 a.m. Dax finally falls asleep and realizes he's dreaming. He never dreams so he knows that this is whatever Blair put in his drink. Blair's in black lingerie and beckons him to come to her with her finger. He tells her that if they're gonna fuck, it's not gonna be in a dream, and Dream Blair just smiles. He decides to dream walk and find Blair in her own dreams, but when he gets there, she's in the middle of a nightmare about what happened to her in the woods. The dream shifts to her shaking in the fetal position in her own bed, and Dax goes to her and sits on her bed with her. He asks her what happened tonight, but she doesn't want to talk about it, and Dax tells her that he can help with her coven, and she says that they're going to pay. Blair wakes up and Dax is thrown out of her dream dream and the next morning Dax and Asmodeus are summoned back to hell. Lucifer asks for an update and Dax tells him what they learned from the woman about someone named Mara. Lucifer flinches at the name and tells them when they find the demon responsible they are to bring them to hell unharmed but doesn't elaborate. They're like so who's Mara and he's like not your business. He's like don't speak of her. We switch to Blair's POV. The next morning she and Stevie put on enchanted necklaces to block the coven from messing with their minds and Blair tells Stevie that they're safe at least until the next full moon but they need to figure out how to deal with this. Stevie's too scared to leave the house, but Blair goes out and posts 300 flyers with Ryan's face on it that says, don't trust this man around your house or your pussy. <laughs> I thought that was so funny was. that she's just posting flyers about that. I uh-huh. love it. I just imagine petty, Regina petty. George like walking through the hallways yes. and Mean Girls. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Petty Betty. She drives to Ryan's open house and connects to the Bluetooth speakers playing the voice memos for all of the families touring it. 
<laughs> it's like clover i want that sweet pussy as like middle class people are just yeah oh look at this house yeah ryan runs out telling blair that it isn't what it looks like as a woman clutches her pearls at the foul language playing through the speakers <laughs> no need ryan the audio is very clear i'm a bitch and clover has a sweet pussy does she peg you like i do ryan his face flushes and he looks around the room in a bigger panic what would the conservative pricks of hallows deep think if they knew their favorite realtor loved being pegged while his cock was caged <laughs> his cock was caged what does that mean it like hooks around so when you get hard it like cuts circulation i think i think so oh is that like a legitimate thing yeah oh yeah okay it's like a bdsm thing yeah blair we don't kink shame here no we don't blair so blair be careful be respectful ryan tells blair that they were never even official and clover is so much better than she is and starts to beg her to stop playing the recording she tells him he fucked with the wrong bitch and walks out of the house leaving it playing she goes to her restaurant happy with what she's accomplished today and sits in her office trying to figure out the missing money problem when someone knocks on her door it's dax and he's looking mighty fine oh yeah daddy dax he's like bearded and burly and he has tattoos oh yeah mm. oh a big he's bear hot. she tells him what she's doing and he tells her he's kind of a quickbooks expert and offers to help she gives him her seat and he tells her to take a seat right on daddy's lap oh yes sir <laughs> he scrolls through the accounting information as she wiggles her butt on him and he tells her that her cash drawer is short every three weeks only in increments of 15 to 20 dollars and the produce amounts don't match up to what's being delivered and that this has only been going on for just a few weeks someone in the restaurant is stealing from her thieves pigs she sags against him exhausted from all the shit going on and he asks if he can make her feel any better and she asks how he'd go about doing that. I'd fuck your pussy with my finger so hard your cum would soak through to my jeans. You want that little witch? Should I slide my hands up this cute little fucking skirt and see how wet you are for me? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> okay. Do it. Do it. He spreads her thighs and starts to kiss along her jaw and then he slides her panties to the side and starts to touch her. Is this pussy going to be tight for me, Blair? I grow but don't answer so he lightly smacks my pussy what is with the smacking of pussies <laughs> just smack it i don't ever <laughs> want that don't knock it till you try it That's, have you tried it no no i don't think so <laughs> maybe in the heat of the moment no. yeah maybe okay <laughs> i'll try it <laughs> <laughs> you talked me into it right okay i'll do it <laughs> Making me jolt and push harder against his large, erect cock that's straining in his jeans. Please, Dax, please touch me. That's my good girl. I like that, Blair. I want you to be a good girl, but only for me. Only this sweet side for me. Yes, touch me. His fingers enter me harshly, not fucking around. He sticks three fingers inside of me as he uses his palm to rub my aching clit. The sensitivity from his small taps is going to send me over the edge quickly. I grind my ass against his fat cock, making him groan, and he thrusts right back against my ass. Fat cock. <laughs> He curls his fingers inside of her and uses his other hand to press down on her abdomen. Such a weird thing what? to do. Yeah. Okay. I love feeling my fingers fucking your pussy from the outside. <gasps> oh. <laughs> He's like a gynecologist. He's just like pushing and like fingering. He's doing just the full pelvic exam. Yeah. He's like, God, I fucking love this. 
This immediately makes her come and he pulls his fingers out of her and commands her to suck. She does and he turns her head to kiss her, telling her next time he'll be tasting her right from the source. <laughs> oh. It's like, it went moves so fast. I yeah. Literally. She tries to return the favor, but he tells her he's got to go and says that he'll pick her up tomorrow night and that she'd better be wearing one of those cute little skirts when he does. We switch to Dax's POV and he immediately runs to the bathroom after leaving Blair's office because he came in his he pants. He came in his pants. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> He fully has to throw his underwear away in the trash can <laughs> and go commando in his jeans all the way home. Oh, it was a big load, huh? Big old load. Yeah. I think I would rather go home in jizzy pants than leave them in a trash <laughs> can because what if Blair finds it? It's her restaurant. Right. I would be like thinking of that. Or put I'd it in like, your pocket. No, yeah, but I was going to say take them off, roll them up in a paper towel and put them in your pocket. No, he just throws yeah. them away. He's like, these are a lost cause. <laughs> all right. As he's walking, he sees the flyers with Ryan's face on it and laughs, thinking to himself that whoever posted these is funny as fuck. <laughs> Little does he know. He portals home to change and then portals back to the Italian restaurant that Ryan wanted to meet at. Ryan is obviously very icy toward him and Dax tells him that he wants to start doing better by him and that it's too late to be his dad, but he'd like to become his friend. Dax asks about the flyers and Ryan says it's just some bitch he dumped and says he'll be paying someone to go around town to take them all down. In the middle of an uncomfortable dinner, Ryan's phone goes off and he says that he needs to leave to meet with a client and Dax finishes the meal alone. He doesn't feel any sort of connection to Ryan and portals back to the bungalow. He appears in the living room to a naked cast face down ass up on the couch and Asmodeus is <laughs> plowing her from behind. Oh yeah. Cass tells him to either join or get the fuck out so he decides to go to a dive bar called Eternity that he knows a bunch of supernaturals go to and he's gonna try and get some information on this Mara woman. He rides his motorcycle instead of using a portal and orders a whiskey when he gets to the bar. He notices a demon named Beezlebub standing in the corner and he goes up to say hey and to beat him up for a little info. Hey Beezlebub! <laughs> you little bitch! <laughs> He drags Beezlebub to the alley and punches him hard in the stomach and calls him Beesnatch, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Beesnatch. <laughs> he asks him where to find the demon Mara, and Beezlebub tells him Mara isn't a demon, she's a halfling, someone who is made by a demon and a human mating. He thinks she's recently turned 18 and is taking her anger out on the humans. Dax asks who Mara's sire is, but he says, you already know, and portals away. We switch to Blair's POV. She tells Stevie she needs her to whip up a batch of truth truffles two dozen to hand out at hex to find out who's stealing and to whoever she can kidnap from the coven and lock in the basement for information it's the next night so blair puts on a cute little pleated skirt just like dax told her to and stevie tells her she's going to her ex's house and her ex is a vampire named Bianca, and they still hook up sometimes. Okay. Dax shows up on his motorcycle to pick her up, and he looks good enough to eat. Scrumptious. He looks at her skirt and tells her she's a good girl. It's gonna rain, so they trade out his bike for her Jeep, so he can take them to dinner, and he winks and says they'll come back here after for some dessert. Ugh. He has her drive out of town to a restaurant called Carly's Crabs. <laughs> it was like the most random restaurant that you could pick. Carly's Crabs? Yeah. I'd go to Carly's Crabs. Oh, for sure. Not on a first date, though. Carly's Crabs? Yeah. Yeah. It's a seafood restaurant. Know. I know, but it sounds like an STD. Carly has crabs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're delicious. 
<laughs> yum, yum, yum. The hostess tells them it's an hour wait, but he says in a hypnotizing voice that if she looks again, he's sure there's an open table. She looks down and is like, oh my god, there totally is, and they get seated immediately. Little manipulators. As they eat their crab and calamari, she tells him about how her coven tried to sacrifice her the other night, and he asks her if she needs any help, but she says she'll think about it because at the end of the day, she doesn't really know him that well. The rain is coming down now, and he asks her if she wants to grab some ice cream before they go back to her place so he can grab his bike. She knows he's giving her a choice as to how to end the night but he's for sure gonna be coming inside tonight when they get back they're gonna be fucking (laughs) he will be coming inside (laughs) they get back into her jeep and he kisses her frantically and her thighs start to rub together and then he just tells her to be patient they get to an ice cream parlor called cauldron cone and none other than clover is inside fuck clover also i don't want to make out with someone after i just ate a fuck ton of crab and calamari yeah seems like it'd be a little stinky a little fishy yeah a little fishy i know and he has a beard and everything too yeah no (laughs) (laughs) just i would do it soaked with crab juice (laughs) yeah get that soaked beard on me right now (laughs) just (laughs) slurp it right out of there saving that for later i'll dry that beard off Blair asks Dax his thoughts on abduction and she says she's going to get this woman in her trunk. (laughs) Dax says he's in and asks what the plan is. And Blair tells Dax to lure Clover behind the post office and she'll take care of the rest. Dax approaches Clover and uses whatever he used on the hostess earlier and asks her to come with him to the post office. And she's like, uh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Just this random man. Hey, come to the post office with me. Okay, Uh, of course. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) When they get there, Blair pops out of her Jeep and is like, surprise, bitch, and uses a silencing spell (laughs) to keep Clover from screaming and then a sleeping spell to incapacitate her. Dax helps to lift her into the car and they go back into the shop to get some ice cream. So You're just on your first date just kidnapping someone and getting ice cream and shit? Yeah, he's like, I know we just kidnapped someone, but we still wanted ice cream, right? We're getting the ice cream, right? Because I really wanted it. And Dax gets moose tracks and Blair gets mint chocolate chip. And she says very specifically the green mint chocolate chip because the white mint chocolate chip is weird. Yeah. Which like, I kind of agree. I hate mint chocolate chip Me ice too. cream. I really? fucking, I like hate it with a passion. Oh, I like it. I It's on the bottom of my list. Really? I'd rather have just plain chocolate before mint chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. I like chocolate ice cream. Rocky Road though. Superior. I like it without the nuts. Rocky Road? Yeah. No nuts Then it's not Rocky Road. (laughs) I like just chocolate and marshmallow ice cream. (laughs) It's just like, why crunchy? I love it because it's Rocky. I guess. But like, I don't know. I don't want to chew my ice cream. I don't want to chew my ice cream. I do. I want to bite right into it. Ouch! (laughs) Blair tells Dax that even though she just kidnapped someone, she still wants him to come over tonight and he plants a cold ice cream kiss on her lips. They get back to Blair's place and Dax carries Clover to the basement after Blair takes a drop of his blood and Clover so they can get past her wards. Blair binds Clover to an iron bed frame and tells Dax to go wait upstairs while she does some spells to make sure Clover can't escape. When she's done, she goes upstairs and Dax is on the couch eating some chocolates he found on the counter. And she's like, how many of those did you eat? And he's like, I ate four. (gasps) He's gonna be telling the truth. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> she panics and runs out of the room to call Stevie to, to tell her that Dax just ate four truth truffles. And Stevie tells her to eat one too and enjoy the ride. But she's scared she'll say something about Ryan. But she's like, you know, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Get it out now. Get the truth out now. You'd think. She goes back to the living room and downs a truffle and sits on Dax's lap. And he tells her he's been thinking about how she'd feel on his lap all night and tells her that she's stunning. She blurts out that he ate a truth truffle, but he doesn't mind. She tells him that he made her so wet tonight and he tells her he wants to do so many nasty things to her. I want to bend you over and spank your ass until you're begging me to fuck you. I want to fuck you in your sleep and wake you up with an orgasm. You make me want to do things I've never wanted to do before. I want to watch your pretty eyes change color when I lick your cunt so good you can't breathe. (gasps) Tell her. (laughs) Truth truffles. Oh. Blair asks Dax to touch her and he asks what she wants and she tells him that she wants him to be her daddy. Yeah. He asks what else she wants and she asks him what he is and he blurts out that he's a demon, specifically an incubus. And we remember that an incubus is like a sex demon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now that we know what he is, how did an incubus jizz his pants? She's just that hot. This makes no sense. She tells him that he's her demon and that she's never felt anything like his magic before. Show daddy how wet you are. I grab his hand and slide his fingers over the lace of my panties so he can feel how wet I am for him. I came in my pants the other day. Fuck. He blurts (laughs) out and I giggle. Blair says that maybe they should wait to have sex until after the truffles effects have worn off. And he says if she doesn't show him her wet pussy in five seconds, he's going to give her a spanking. So she says, yes, daddy. (laughs) Show me your pussy. We switch to Dax's POV. He tells Blair he wants to take things slow and he asks if there's anything she doesn't like. And she says that his cock isn't in her mouth right now. I don't like that. (laughs) oh my god he asks her to remove her glamour so he can watch her eyes change color with her emotions but she's not comfortable with that because it makes her feel exposed so that's one of the things about her being a witch her eyes will like shift different colors like a mood ring oh yeah he says that they can wait for that then and tells her to take her top off right now and her nipples are pierced and he loves it oh yeah yeah. he's into it he tells her to sit on daddy's lap and he licks and squeezes her boobs before picking her up and taking her to the bedroom and he sees a python sitting in a tank and Blair tells him that's her familiar and asks if he's okay with the familiar being in there and we learn that the familiar's name is Fez (laughs) I love that Fez the python yeah yeah Dax says if Fez is fine with it then he's fine with it I believe you mentioned something about tasting me she whispers by the shell of my ear making me smile is that what you want babe you want my mouth on this wet pussy I bet when I put you down I'll have a wet spot on my pants Please, daddy, she whispers, and I shiver. Is that what you want, Bep? <laughs> you want that? <laughs> Blair's on the bed spreading her thighs for him, wearing just her skirt, and he tells her she has such a pretty little pussy and licks up her slit. <laughs> I thrust my erection into her soft sheets. What? <laughs> yeah, her sheets. Her sheets? Yeah, because he's eating her out, so his dick is like down on the bed. So he's got to hump the sheets. Okay, I was like, wait a second. Are we describing her vagina lips as sheets? (laughs) (laughs) No. Ew. That'd be horrible. I was like, ah, I'm done. I'm tapping out. (laughs) And groan against her pussy as her cum fills my mouth and drips onto my beard. I unwrap my fingers from one of her thighs and push two fingers inside of her warm cunt. She's so tight as she flutters against my fingers. I suck on her nub even harder. (laughs) 
Her back arches above the mattress, her fingers tightly grip my hair, and her left thigh is nearly pressed against my face. Fuck, fuck, you feel so good, she chants, and I don't let up for a moment on her pussy. Fingering her and sucking her clit, I curl my fingers inside of her and her whole body shakes, her pussy gripping my fingers, and she's nearly ripping my hair out with how tight a hold she has on it. Her wetness covers my chin, and I only stop when I feel her body go slack. Sucking on her nub. (laughs) 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 she tells him he has too many clothes on and asks him to please fuck her now but what if i want to play more i slide my two fingers inside of her pussy and she gasps making eye contact with me she goes to look away and i click my tongue none of that babe look at me while i get this pussy ready to take daddy's fat cock (laughs) (laughs) daddy's fat cock She begs him, so he pulls his pants down, and Blair gasps at how big his dick is. Is it huge? It's huge. A third leg? Yeah. <laughs> Made personally by Satan himself. Yep. Oh, Gave him a you. real good one. He tells her to get on her knees, and he turns her around so her ass is facing him. He slips into her and asks if she's on birth control, and she says yes, an IUD and a potion. She's like, I am not fucking getting pregnant. Never, never. So fucking wet for your daddy, aren't you, pet? Yes, you make me feel so good. Don't stop. With one hand on her hip and the other gripping her skirt, I fuck her hard, her ass smacking against my pelvis and my balls hitting her clit with every thrust. I can feel myself about to come already and that won't do. I pull out of her and grab the base of my cock hard, making me groan. Once the feeling passes, I put myself inside of her again, but pull her up with an arm wrapped around her chest so her back is flush with my chest. I have to flip the skirt up so I can lazily circle her clit. Your tight pussy was trying to get me to come before I was ready, I whisper against her hair. We're both sweaty and breathless as I fuck her slow, shallow thrusts into her wet, perfect cunt. I want to feel you come around my cock, pet. Can you do that for me? When did they discuss the pet nickname? It just came out. It just okay. slipped out. Okay. They both come together, but right when they're done, Blair says she needs to pee and runs to the bathroom. We switch to Blair's POV, and she's sitting on the toilet, freaking out as Dax's cum drips out of her into the toilet. She's not a sub. Nobody is her daddy, and Dax is supposed to be revenge, but she's starting to get feelings for him. Oh, damn. I know. She came harder than she ever has in her life, and she's getting aroused all over just thinking about it. She decides that Dax cannot find out about Ryan and she's gonna stick with Dax until she figures out what's going on between the two of them. Dax knocks on the door to see if she's all right in there and she opens it to find him looking disheveled and sexy as hell. Oh. She says she's processing everything that just happened because she's never experienced anything like that before and he asks if he should leave but she tells him that she wants him to stay. He says good and drags her to the bed. He's not done with her yet. They curl up in bed together and he tells her that this was special for him too and Blair falls asleep dreaming about that night from Dax's point of view. Stevie wakes them up in the morning, asking Blair to explain why Clover is tied up and screaming in the basement. Dax leaves her to go meet up with Asmodeus, while Blair and Stevie go down to deal with Clover. And Clover is sitting in a puddle of her own piss when they get down there. Clover. She's screaming that people will come looking for her, and Blair tells her nobody gives a shit about her enough to come looking. And she'll clean up her piss sheets and give her food if she tells them what the coven is trying to do to them. Stevie shoves a truth truffle in Clover's mouth, and Clover tells them that Blair's mom met with someone that told them that if they handed Blair over 
over to her, the coven would become more powerful. Blair tells her she hopes her lodgings will be satisfactory until the next full moon and that she really shouldn't have fucked her boyfriend and tried to kill her. And then she unties her, puts up heavy wards around the basement and walks out. We switch to Dax's POV. Asmodeus shows Dax a list of people missing in Hollows Deep and Clover's on the list. And Dax tells him to go ahead and take Clover off the list of people involved in the demon situation because he helped Blair kidnap her last night. And Asmodeus just thinks this is hilarious. Another one on the list is a woman named Paige who works at a club for Supernaturals and she turned up a few days ago so they're gonna go check it out. The club is partners only and Asmodeus is bringing cast so Dax needs to bring a date. And we learn that the club is a sex club. And Dax hopes that Blair would be down to go with him and he decides to ask her tomorrow. He hops in the shower and jerks off thinking about Blair's sweet, sweet pussy. Sweet puss. Later on, Dax <laughs> takes Asmodeus to a shop owned by one of the witches in the coven and puts his little charm spell on her. He asks her where Blair's mom is and the witch tells him that she's hiding and doesn't know where. He asks why they were trying to sacrifice Blair and he's told that she's strong enough and he's just about to pry more when another customer walks in breaking Dax's concentration and the witch tells him that he needs to leave now. They portal back to the bungalow and Cass is waiting for them and tells them that she got them invitations to Inferno, the sex club, two nights from now so Dax needs to go to Hex that day to ask Blair to come with him. We switch to Blair's POV. She's brought the truth truffles to Hex to try and find out who's been stealing from her. She passes them around at closing and asks who's stealing while everyone is gathered around her and everyone says Otto at once. And Otto's a human as far as Blair knows and never speaks so she assumes that he's mute. He doesn't say anything when the question is asked and Blair tells everyone but him to leave. When they're alone, she asks him why he's stealing from her and she can tell he's trying his hardest to fight the effects of the truffles. Suddenly, his body gets larger and he smacks her right in the chest, knocking her back against a table. She tries to chant a spell to defend herself but doesn't work and she has no clue why. Otto keeps growing and looks like he's made of clay at this point and she's like, fuck, this is a golem. (gasps) A golem. Like our sweet, Mm -hmm. sweet booker. But instead of marble, he's like a true golem. Like he's out of clay. Yes. Okay. Okay. She can't use her magic against him because he's not an actual person. He starts to choke her and grabs a knife out of his pocket and starts to slice into her wrists. She's freaking out as she struggles against him and she knows that he was created by someone whose intent is to have her killed. Just as she's about to pass out, Otto goes flying across the room. It's Dax. Yeah, (laughs) He starts beating the shit out of the golem, destroying the restaurant in the process. When Dax looks over to Blair for a split second, Otto strikes and pins Dax against the wall, choking him. Blair thinks quick and chants a spell to levitate the golem up to the ceiling and Dax rushes over to her and uses some of his blood to heal her cuts. He tells her they need to get the scroll out of the golem's mouth and destroy it. It's the golem's one weakness. Blair drops Otto from the ceiling and Dax jumps on him and shoves his hands in Otto's mouth and holds it open while Blair grabs the scroll. Dax grabs the paper and reads the name on it and lights it on fire using flames from his fingertips. So that's the only way you can destroy a golem is to like say the name that the creator gave it and then burn the scroll and then he's dead. That die. Otto turns to dust and Dax tells Blair he's gonna get her home. Daddy will take care of her and then he portals her back to the house. Daddy's (gasps) got this. Daddy. Daddy's got you. Thank you, Daddy. Blair immediately vomits from this, and Stevie runs out screaming, demanding to know what's happened. We go back to Dax's POV. He brings Blair up to her room, and him and Stevie work together to get her all fixed up. He was in such a rush to destroy the golem that he didn't completely read the scroll to see who created it. So it'll also say the creator's name on it, but he was just too worried about saying the golem's name to read the creator's name. But he's hoping that Blair saw it and plans to ask her when she wakes up. 
Fez immediately slithers out of his tank and wraps himself around Blair's arm to comfort her, and they leave Blair in the snake's capable hands. I don't know why I put hands, because he doesn't have hands. <laughs> He's got little tiny hands. Oh. His capable body. His capable torso. And they go down to talk to Clover to see if she has any information that they can get out of her. He immediately chokes Clover out and asks why they're trying to drain Blair's power. And Clover tells him that Blair is different. Ever since she was born, the coven couldn't obtain power the same way and could only get it from Blair. Dax tells her if she ever harms Blair again, she's freaking toast. Does he really say that? No, I said that. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> You're freaking toast, you hear me? You're toast. <laughs> Stevie pulls out her phone and plays Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift through the Bluetooth speakers and they both walk out. Okay. Insane torture strategy, but. Yes. <laughs> I ha- if someone tortured me with just playing songs on repeat over and over again. Ugh. You think it would work for you? Oh, yeah. I w- three plays in, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm going to smash my head against the wall. You put on some Bo Burnham for me, and I will fucking revel in that shit. I'm not coming out of that room. You can't drag me out. They're not going <laughs> to play something you like. But they played something that Clover liked. Oh, she did like Taylor Swift, huh? Yeah. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> Dax crawls into bed with the still sleeping Claire and visits her in her dreams, and she's sitting under a willow tree. She tells Dax this is where her and Stevie used to come as little girls to get away from the other girls in the coven. They have a cute little moment under the tree snuggling up and saying sweet things to each other when he's ripped from her dream and Blair's awake staring at him. And she tells him that the name on the scroll was... Mara. (gasps) Yeah. Mara, Mara, Mara. Dax fills her in on what he knows about Mara, and Blair wants to know what any of that has to do with her, but Dax doesn't know. He changes her into proper jammies and tells her to get some more rest and gets back into the bed with her, and she immediately falls asleep. She wakes up in the morning mid-orgasm with Dax's head between her thighs. His beard grazes my thighs, and I sigh in contentment as he continues sucking and lapping around my clit. I'm so wet, I can hear him swallow my cum. Gulp? (laughs) (laughs) fuck your tongue feels so good on my pussy dax please don't stop you're going to make me come all over your face you want that you want that do you (laughs) want that you want me to do that he hums and he sucks even harder on my clit his grip on my thighs turning near brutal when she comes she thinks he's gonna stop but he keeps going. Crazy. (laughs) I can feel my clit swelling against his tongue as he doesn't let up. Holy, his lips leave my clit and he smacks my pussy with the tips of his fingers, making me come again. My body trembles as I watch his head raise from in between my thighs. A string of my cum drips from his bottom lip onto his beard. (laughs) (laughs) He's just got shoestrings. Ew! Like a freaking mastiff. (laughs) (laughs) He tells her he's surprised how long it took her to wake up and grabs his dick, lining it up with her entrance before sliding into her and they have slow, leisurely sex. After a while, she demands that he just fuck her already and he asks if she needs it rough as he wraps his hands around her throat and squeezes, fucking her hard. He asks her who he is and she says Dax and he says wrong and asks again but she refuses to call him daddy. He tells her to come on his cock right now and she immediately does. He comes and gets off telling her to get in the shower. He's being cold and Blair's worried that she fucked this whole thing up. So he's legitimately mad that she wouldn't call him daddy. He's like, I'm daddy. Call me daddy (laughs) now or I'm leaving. (laughs) As she gets up and walks away, 
almost about to cry, he grabs her and apologizes for being an asshole. They need to talk some things through because this is clearly more than just a fling for both of them. Blair agrees while thinking to herself that this whole thing is built on a lie. He tells her to get her sweet ass in the shower so they can get some brekkie. Some brekkie. She says she will after he tells her why he came to the restaurant last night and he says that he got a tip that whoever Mara is possessing right now works at Inferno but he needs a date to get in and Blair knows that this is a sex club and is stoked and immediately says yes. He's worried about potentially putting her in danger but Blair says she can handle it and she's freaking going. When you said you wanted me to be your daddy what did that mean to you? I'll tell you what it means to me. I've never had anyone call me that before but I fucking love hearing it from your lips Blair. It makes my heart race and my cock hard. To me it means I'm in charge of your pleasure and keeping you safe. They agree to be exclusive after he says this and Blair is swooning hard and decides she needs to get Ryan to forget she ever existed to him. That seems way more simple than just like being honest. (laughs) But also like does she need to be honest? She never knew that this was his dad. You know? Yeah. So she could be like oh my god I didn't know. Your dad? What? Gasp. I didn't know. I cannot believe this. Problem solved. Honestly, I never (laughs) even thought of that. Play done. The end. Book's over. All right. (laughs) They go out to breakfast, and while Dax is ordering them some crepes, Cass walks in looking hot in her red bottoms and puts her hand on Dax's shoulder. And this makes Blair freak out and get possessive. And Cass asks if this is Dax's new pet. And she asks Cass if she's his old pet. And Cass immediately likes her. She's like, I like this. She's spicy. Okay, yes. bitch. Okay. Cass tells them that she's just making sure they're still on for Inferno and asks Blair what she plans on wearing. And when Blair says probably a crop top and a skirt, Cass is like, um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> she says, meet me at Lux at North Grove in an hour. We're going shopping. And an hour later, Dax drops Blair off at the shop to go shopping with Cass and gives her his credit card telling her to get something pink he can take off later. No credit limit. <laughs> Thanks. Daddy. A smarmy man named Baron looks at her all judgy when she walks in, but when Blair tells him that she's meeting Cass, he changes his tune and offers her some champagne. And this store is fancy fancy. Yeah. But like the stuff that they get, I'm like, is it fancy fancy? They say it's fancy fancy, but do they get some lubin? No. No. (laughs) Cass is in the back trying on a leather cat suit. (laughs) Like, what fancy store is just gonna have a leather cat suit? (laughs) I know. It's the nicest fucking leather cat suit you've ever seen. (laughs) Made out of real cats. Ooh. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Meow. And Cass tells Blair she'll help her look absolutely perfect tonight. And if Dax doesn't give her what she wants, she'd be more than happy to step in and do it for him. Blair declines and Cass says if she ever wants a mommy instead of a daddy to let her know. Blair picks out a few outfits and the total is $7,800 and she happily hands over Dax's credit card. Dax is outside waiting when they're done and she tells him that she got lots of pretty things and says thank you daddy. Oh so she says it. Yeah she's like okay you're my daddy. He (laughs) loves this and they ride off together on his motorcycle. The next day Stevie's helping Blair get into her outfit for Inferno and it's a pleated leather skirt, a black lace thong, a garter, sheer thigh high stockings and a strappy bra that shows off her nipple piercings. 
Oh, saucy girl. Yeah. But like you bought that at a fancy, fancy store? $7,800 worth? No, she got a couple of other things for Dax to take off later. Oh, okay. But still, yeah. Hmm. Blair's about to leave when she asks Stevie when the last time they fed Clover was and Stevie's like, oh shit, and runs down to the basement. (laughs) So they're like, they forgot to feed Clover. Oopsie. Sorry, Clover. Dax knocks on the door when Blair answers and he tells her she looks amazing. I really fucking like this. I don't know whether to put you over my knee and spank the shit out of you for looking so tempting or slide my fingers into your tight pussy and reward you for looking so good for daddy. (gasps) For daddy. (laughs) What a compliment. I know. They get into her Jeep and Dax drives them to the club. In the car, he asks her if she's ever been to a club like this before and she says no. He lets her know that the club gives out color-coded wristbands. Blue for subs looking for doms, red for doms looking for subs, purple for switches, and white if they only want to play with their partner. They're going to wear wristbands that designate them as dom and sub and that they aren't looking to play with anyone else. She isn't to talk to anyone who isn't him, Cass, or Asmodeus, and if anyone tries any funny business to tell him straight away, they're going to try and apprehend Mara, and he may need to portal her home real quick if it gets crazy. The woman's name is Paige that they're looking for, and she's half human, half shifter, and they'll be able to tell if she's possessed because her demeanor will quickly change when she senses them. He shows her a picture of Paige on his phone so she knows who to watch out for, and while she has his phone, she looks at his contacts. And his only contacts are Ryan and herself. And he says one last thing. The club doesn't like people to just watch. They'll have to play. So they pick a safe word and it's planchette. Okay. Planchette. She says no sharing, no humiliation, and no impact play that isn't just his hand. He agrees to her rules and they pull up to the club. He asks her if she's ready and she nods. We go to Dax's POV. Him and Blair meet Cass and Asmodeus at Inferno. Cass gives Blair a quick pep talk and Dax tells Asmodeus that they need to watch Cass because he doesn't completely trust her. Asmodeus agrees and says that he isn't blinded by fucking her and he's actually always watching her with the investigation, even if it doesn't seem like it, which I call bullshit because pretty sure he's only paying attention to fucking her, but whatever. Mm -hmm. They walk to the main stage and Dax pulls Blair on his lap and he tells her that he wants to try what's happening on stage because that's what he's into and we see a reaper delivering spankings on a beautiful fairy and is clearly her dom as blair watches she starts to grind on dax and dax reminds her that they could play a little bit but they both need to be alert and keep an eye out for Paige. they're not alert for very long they immediately like go and get up to go find a room because he's like very horny (laughs) but when they go to get up blair walks straight into a werewolf by accident and the werewolf gets super aggressive and she breaks one of Dax's rules and speaks to it and tells it to fuck off and now Dax has to punish her. She like breaks his fingers and stuff too. Yeah she's like fuck off and like snaps his fingers. As one does. I mean you guys don't do that. I mean I try. (laughs) You just crack their knuckle a little bit and they're like oh it felt nice. (laughs) Thank you Shelby. They get to a room with no people but it still has like a voyeur glass And he tells her to get on her knees, take his cock out, and put her hands behind her back. And then he uses his minimal shadow magic to bind her hands together and turn her head to look at him. Lick the tip, babe. It's fucking messy for you. The pat of her tongue greedily sweeps across the slit of my dick, licking up all the pre-cum. It's fucking messy for you. That's (laughs) disgusting. Yeah. I hate that. 
<laughs> As she starts to suck his dick, he uses his magic to pull her tits out of her top and uses the shadow magic to like massage them and play with them. Honk, honk. <laughs> they also notice that they have an audience now at the voyeur window and he's like, is this okay? And she's like, oh, fuck yeah, it's okay. I'm good. He tells her that he's going to fuck her throat and then fill her dirty mouth with cum. Fuck, pet. You're going to make me cum. I want you to swallow every fucking drop. Show daddy what a good girl you can be. Yeah. Show daddy. Ew. <laughs> I can't get behind the whole daddy thing. No. I Riley? <laughs> Riley. I don't know. Do you call Andrew daddy? We like, okay, not frequently, but we like, it's been a long time since I've said it. But, but he said say, it? He'll say he'll it. He'll be like, like, yeah, daddy, you like that? No! <laughs> <laughs> no, but he'll be like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, yeah, suck daddy's dick. <laughs> Oh, it's like when we're getting like a real freaky freaky. Right, right. An everyday thing. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, it's a word. It's a choice. It is a choice. It's a choice. Congratulations. Thank you. Shelby, you don't say it. No. I tried once and I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like it. I'm like, I don't like it. Daddy, daddy. Tyler and I both have too many daddy issues of our own, so we're not trying to. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Charlotte, have you ever tried saying it? No. No. He'll call me stuff. What does he call you? Mommy. Ew. (laughs) Mommy. No. Yeah, mommy, you like that? He tells me (laughs) that I'm like, you dirty little whore. I don't know. I don't know. Andrew, Andrew like, like that. You, you fucking slut. And I'm like, yeah, I am. That's me. I'm a slut. Yeah, I'm a slut for fucking my husband. <laughs> yeah, I'm dirty. I'm so dirty. I'm so dirty. I'm covered in dirt. <laughs> I'm rolling in the mud. I'm a little piggy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the story. Her eyes turn pink, but he doesn't tell her that they turn. He he, wa- he just wants to know what the color means. And then he comes. He takes his shadows away and asks if she's okay. And she says that she loved every second of that. They leave the room and go find Asmodeus and Cass on a couch. And they sit next to them, but no one has seen Paige. We switch to Blair's POV. Asmodeus and Cass leave after they talk about if they've seen Paige or not. And she straddles Dax and starts to grind on him again. And she wants more of him after her so-called punishment. Because she's like, that was not a punishment. That was a mm-hmm. reward. Yeah. he She broke a rule and then she got to do what she's been wanting to do. He asks if his little witch needs to come. And she says, yes, please, daddy. He picks her up and takes her down another hallway. And as they walk down the hallway, they look at various rooms and... She wishes she could stop and watch the show in one of the rooms because we have Cass and Asmodeus in one and Cass is paying the shit out of Asmodeus. And she's like, I want to watch this like maybe next time. Let's walk slower. (laughs) It's like a car accident. She just want to look away. (laughs) She's rubbernecking. (laughs) They get into a room and she looks around and is kind of intimidated by all the different instruments and toys. But he's like, we're not... 
using any of that. They are using one thing though. He tells her to get on the spanking bench and when she's in position, he asks if she's okay and she says yes. So she's still out of green. She sees that there are a couple of people at the voyeur window again, including the reaper from earlier. Dax flips her skirt and starts using his shadows to caress her back and her butt. And then he smacks her ass hard and she moans. He continues spanking her and she could feel herself getting wetter with each spank until she feels him start to finger her. Dax's fingers slides from my wet core and he rims my asshole. This ass looks gorgeous with my marks. Next time, I'm going to plug this sweet ass when I spank you. Make you beg me to fuck you in the ass after your cheeks are nice and pink. Yeah, plug the ass. He spanks her a couple more times until she's finally dripping and then she feels his mouth on her. I'm so wet I can hear him slurping up my wetness devouring every last drop of me as his tongue lavishes my clit. His lips create the perfect amount of suction on the overly sensitive nerves. The tenderness of my cheeks as he grabs them only amplifies the pleasure. Ew. <laughs> Slurps. Um. Yeah. <laughs> he tells her he's going to flip her over and when he does, he is completely naked and he wasn't to start with so she's like, when the fuck did you get naked? <laughs> But she decides she wants her magic fully at play now and whispers a spell. He is suddenly pushed on top of her and his dick is just shoved into her vagina. As he's fucking her, the reaper hands him a vibrator and I'm like, this man walked into the room. He's like, here, use this. (laughs) I brought you this. Hey, can you try this next? (laughs) So he puts it on her clit and demands another orgasm. They both finish, and as they're sitting up to clean themselves off, she sees Stevie walk past the room and is like, Stevie? And then we switch to Dax's POV. He's like, I don't like her saying her cousin's name after I just fuck her. No. Stevie, what are you doing there? But he looks up, and sure enough, she is walking past the room with her vampire friend. He promises he will clean Blair off when they figure out what's going on with Stevie, so they catch up to her, and Stevie's date leaves. Stevie admits that she only used her friend to get into the club to make sure Blair was okay, which she seems like it was, and Blair's like, you fucking watch? And she's like, I only watch for two seconds to make sure, like, you're good. And then I was walking away. I would watch for zero seconds. Blair's irritated, but they all agree to go find Cass and Asmodeus. Cass is smitten with Stevie, like, immediately is like, Asmodeus who? And she's like, playing with Stevie's hair and like touching her. I love Cass. Me too. Asmodeus is very annoyed by this, but they all are like, what the fuck ever? Has anyone seen Paige? And still no sign of Paige until Blair looks up and sees her next to the bar. She gets Dax's attention and the other's attention, and Cass and Dax start bickering over who is going to go like capture Paige. And in the middle of them arguing, they hear a yelp, and Paige grabs Stevie's hair with a knife to her neck. She (laughs) demands to know how they found her, and we learn that they're talking to Mara at this point. They're not talking to Paige. Mara says that she'll let Stevie go if she can have Blair, and Blair's eyes turn, like, black, which they've never, like, fully, like, black. Not just her pupils, like, Mm -hmm. her whole eye. And they've never done that. So as Mara is ogling, like, Blair's body, being like, that's the perfect vessel for 
me. Like, I could take over that. Stevie stomps on Paige's foot and casts portals her and Stevie out. Blair's still distracting Mara because now her body is literally, like, on fire. Like, she just has fire coming out of her hands, which has never happened either. So Dax tells Asmodeus to portal Mara to hell and Dax will portal Blair. Just as the men lunge, Asmodeus grabs Mara and Paige's body and then there's only black smoke shooting out of her mouth, but Dax doesn't get to see what happens because he portals Blair out of there. There is black smoke coming out of Paige's mouth or Blair's? Okay. They land in front of Blair's house and he tells her to get inside. He needs to find Asmodeus immediately. She's never caught on fire before and he's concerned about it, but it has to wait. So he portals to the bungalow and Stevie and Cass are there and they are making out. He's like, fuck us. Like, you guys in a time like this? Yeah. (laughs) They decide to portal Stevie back to her house and leave to go find Asmodeus. Before they leave Blair's house to go find him, though, he checks back in with her and she's like, I don't think I'm a full witch. And he's like, I agree with you. We need to talk about it later. (gasps) Oh, so she thinks she's like a demon witch. She's like a little halfy something something. Yeah. Oh. We switch to Blair's POV. She wakes up alone with Fez and is more confused than ever. But it makes sense that she would be something else because her whole life, no one's liked her other than Stevie. Like she's always been an outcast and everything else. So she's like, it would make sense. She decides to check on Clover. They are still playing. Playing Taylor Swift on repeat. <laughs> so, oh my God, poor Clover. She tells Clover if she tells her something useful, she'll finally stop the music. And Clover's like, I might know where your mom is. I don't know for sure, but Ryan helped her buy a cabin up north. All cash, no point of sale. And Blair's fucking pissed. She's like, Why didn't you tell me this sooner? So she keeps her promise she stops the music goes to the kitchen to find stevie and let her know the new information they both think blair will have to talk to ryan and maybe someone named adelaide who is good at divination she's like a nomad witch she's not part of their coven okay so it won't be like an issue stevie doesn't want to see adelaide though because apparently at one point she like hooked up with her and then never talked to her again But they agree if they stick together, they'll go pay her a visit. They grab her car from the club and make it to Adelaide's cabin. Adelaide opens the door and eyeballs Stevie and then looks immediately to Blair and invites them in. She shuffles her tarot deck and pulls the moon reversed so someone in her past has misrepresented something or created understanding. Her next card is the justice facing her. This card signifies her justice isn't validated. Karma is meant to be hers, but accountability on her end needs to be payment. The last card is the hanged man reversed. Not necessarily bad, but not good. It could mean lack of sacrifice or need to sacrifice. And she flips one more card for clarity, and it's the empress facing Blair. Adelaide tells her to find her mother, and hopefully everything will make sense. So they go to find Ryan. They're like, this is not helpful because like you don't have a clear answer, but it's kind of helpful. They go to Ryan's open house and decide that Stevie will be the one to approach him and hopefully make him talk. She asks him where her Aunt Josie is staying since her phone isn't working, but he won't tell her any private information. So she's like, okay, I totally understand. Chocolate? Would you like a purely innocent chocolate? He's like, ah. I shouldn't, but yeah. He tells her the address after he eats the truffle, but she's not done with the questions. She's like, why did you cheat on Blair? And he says that she intimidated him and he wanted to take back control and feel like a man. 
And Stevie tells him to have a shit life. And she leaves. Have a bad life. Bye. We switch to Dax's POV. Him and Cass are back at the bungalow. She mentions that she could barely feel Asmodeus from their blood sharing. So apparently when you share your blood with a demon or whatever, they can like sense where you are. Not like pinpoint exactly where you are, but like if you're feeling okay, stuff like that. Okay. And if you remembered, Blair had to take some of Dax's blood to let him into her ward. So he technically knows where Blair generally is, but he never told her that. Oh. And it's never brought up again. So he kind of like keeps tabs on her through that without actually being honest about it. Cass says that Asmodeus is weak, but he's not dead, which is a good sign. They portal back to the club to see if there were any witnesses after they left. And they learn that Mara portaled him to a shitty looking bar. And Dax is like, I know where we need to go. They end up at the bar he first went to when he beat up Beezlebub. They spot a different demon called Ehrlich, and Cass takes the lead on this one. She learns that Beezlebub was just there, but left to go buy some expensive artifact for his boss, and his boss is not Lucifer. <gasps> Who's his boss? I don't know. Dax deducts it might be Douglas Cummings, one of the richest human men in town, and Cass wants to know how he knows this, but he's reluctant to tell her. And we learn that Ryan works for him, but Ryan's a realtor, and then it doesn't touch on this again. No. There are more books, though, so maybe like unless he sold that guy his house like maybe they portal to outside of the property and climb the fence to get in and when they knock a mousy woman who is the maid opens the door Cass uses persuasion so the woman will take them to Douglas. The two sneak up behind Beezlebub and Douglas and Dax uses his shadows to contain Douglas and the knife he's holding because he recognizes it. Cass starts to beat the shit out of Beezlebub. They kill Douglas and then Dax tells Cass to open a devil's trap. We switch to Blair's POV. They head to her mom's property and Blair's like, I most likely am going to have to kill my mom tonight. So I'm going to accept that for what it is. That's rough. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta. Yeah. When they arrive, she can't tell if anyone's home and she doesn't sense anyone there either, but they open the front door. It's clean and modern and minimal on the inside, but like really shitty on the outside. It's all upgraded. A TV is on, but it's muted. And then they hear a thump, thump, thump. Like knocking, Blair mutters a spell to somewhat conceal them. And when they open the door, they find Josie, but she's completely haggard. Her feet are black and she looks exhausted and she's banging her head violently on the wall until blood is like pouring down her head. So Mara got to her. She starts mumbling for them to take the pain away because she doesn't need her. She needs Blair. They ask what she's talking about and Josie collects her blood from her head wound and starts drawing a symbol on the wall. Blair and Stevie try to stop her but she's still pretty strong and throws stevie so hard there's a crack so blair has to whisper a spell to bind her arms and take the air from her mom until she's dead blair runs to stevie and starts to wonder if she's still alive because of the crack from when she flew but she's still breathing and then blair starts to wonder how she's still alive because apparently some witches after they use death magic they just drop dead damn but she's still here so she's like okay whatever She begs Stevie to wake up and then calls Dax to ask if he can portal them. Stevie's hurt, but she hears Cass in the background being like, I'll do it. And then a couple seconds later, Cass is there because she gives uh, Dax the address. When Cass appears, she scoops Stevie up and says that she's going to drive them home. Cass tells Blair she will help them home and then she has to go back to Dax immediately. Nothing is okay. When they get home... 
Blair gives Stevie just like a mixture of potions that Stevie has labeled and waits for her to wake up. After a while she does and Blair takes her to her own room to get some rest and then she takes a sleeping potion and then Blair takes a sleeping potion so she can get some rest. We switch to Dax's POV. Beezlebub is in the devil's trap and will not give them any other information other than wanting the blade that he was there for. And the blade apparently is like the one that was tried to be used to kill Lucifer at one point in time. Yeah. Did they say it was like black obsidian or something? Yeah, something like that. But apparently it's like one of the few things that could actually kill Lucifer. So they're like, why the, he's like, why the fuck did you have this? They ask again where Asmodeus is and he says he doesn't know. So Cass has the entranced maid cut his throat just a little bit. Just a a smidge. He still refuses to speak after that, so Cass tells the maid to open his pants and slice his dick off. And as the maid is unbuckling his pants, he finally says he doesn't know where Asmodeus is, but he knows where Mara lives. And right now it's above the coffee shop on Main, two doors away from Hex. He also mentions that he has been helping Mara get more powerful so that she can overthrow Lucifer, which you can't just overthrow Lucifer. No. They tell the maid to stab him in the heart and send him back to hell where Lucifer can deal with him. They kill the maid because Cass is like, I technically possessed her and she's going to have to live with what we made her do. So I'm just going to... Just a little... That's fair. I feel like, yeah. They leave to go to the coffee shop and when they get there... That's when they realize that something is wrong with Stevie. Like they get the phone call. So she leaves and to go help Blair and Stevie, Dax goes into the coffee shop apartment. There's nothing but a mattress, two pillows, and a bunch of blood staining the sheets and like trailing around the ground. His phone pings and he sees that it's Ryan asking him to dinner tomorrow. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Text back and then goes back to the blood trail. At the end of the blood trail is a card for Adelaide, foreign master of divination and he portals to the address so that's the lady that blair and stevie were just at earlier (gasps) yeah adelaide opens the door when he arrives and she's like come in i was waiting for you he asks if she's seen asmodeus and she nods her head for him to follow he is a bloody mess on her couch and she found him in her front yard that way he isn't healing his wounds and dax grabs him to bring him home but before he leaves she tells him to tell his demon friends to fuck off he's like i don't have demon friends so he's like i don't know who you're talking about yeah he's back at the bungalow with asmodeus and Cass shows up dax gives him blood so he could try to heal and she also contributes he ends up waking up and says that she's fucking crazy and was trying to steal his body and they're like what are you talking about he says she said that she was raised as a human but a year ago she kept doing bad things that felt good slowly it felt like her body couldn't hold her anymore and then she was free from the confines of her mortal form she's been possessing people ever since then none of the vessels can hold her long ejecting her so it's not an actual possession because the bodies are the ones pushing her out okay as modius passes back out before they leave to to go find Blair and Cass tells Dax that Blair will most likely be upset when he sees her but he needs to hear like the reasoning from Blair like she's not going to say anything more. He gets to Blair's house and she's sleeping. As he's watching her sleep something twisted takes over him and he wants to make sure she knows in any state that she's in how much he wants her. God. Now is not the time. <laughs> no. For him it he is. He addresses. He gets in the bed behind her. 
He flips her skirt up and he starts to touch her, but she doesn't wake up. So he's like, I'm going to touch her more because obviously that's that'll wake her up. So he starts to figure her slow and lazily. She does not wake up. She stirs a little bit, but doesn't wake up. I push her panties to the side, the bruised curve of her ass on perfect display for me as I slide the head of my cock back and forth over her wet entrance. Blair still doesn't wake. With reverence and care, I slowly slide myself inside of her. She's so wet and warm for me. I mean, she's sleeping. Yeah. So is it for you? She's cozy. Leave her alone. Yeah. It's like she was made for me. For whatever I give her, she's mine. Okay, Dax. He starts slowly fucking her and taking his time when she finally wakes up and tells him that she missed him. They return to him like fucking her and then he pulls out, rolls her to her back and her eyes are pink and he kisses her. He notices that she is still kind of groggy and like out of it. Like she's awake, but not fully awake. And he wants her to come. So he asks if she has any toys and she points to the nightstand. He grabs a pink bullet and starts using it again as he fucks her. They both finish and when they're done, Blair holds out her arms to comfort him and he doesn't remember the last time someone did that so he agrees and lays his head on her breasts and falls asleep i was like okay she just killed your mom yeah like maybe you need a hug yeah (laughs) yeah Loud clinging wakes him up and they shower so they can go eat breakfast. He tells her Asmodeus is okay and with Cass right now. Once they're in the shower, she finally admits what she had to do last night and she says that she had to kill her mom. He tells her he's sorry and they both agree that sometimes they wish they were human so they didn't have to deal with this shit. And he finally admits to her that he has a son and they talk about that for a while and his relationship with his son. But she does not admit that. Blair! Now was the time. Now would have been the time. Because now it's going to come out at an unfavorable time. And it's going to be a whole thing. We switch to Blair's POV. Dax, Stevie, and her eat breakfast. After they eat, Dax has the idea to go check on Asmodeus and figure out who else Mara might try to possess. Her and Stevie get to work on creating a memory loss potion to give it to Clover to test before they give it to Ryan. Because Blair's like, I will not confront the situation I made. I will make him forget about it. And Stevie's like, you dumb bitch. (laughs) That's a lot more work. She could have just played dumb and been like, oh my god, I dated someone named Ryan. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Weird. Literally, one day he could be like, hey, this is my son. And Ryan could be like, oh my god. And she'd be like, oh my god. That's crazy. What I small world? Know. I didn't know. Before they get started on the potion, though, Stevie wants to talk about last night. And they get into a fight because Blair refuses to talk about it. And Stevie's like, fucking make the potion yourself. Like, you need to talk about shit like this Blair's like no (laughs) so Blair attempts to create the potion and we have got like reminders throughout the book that Blair is not a potion which she's very bad at potions so she gives it to Clover to see if it works and it seems to work so she lets Clover leave and then she goes to find Ryan ah it doesn't work She arrives at Lucia's where Dax and Ryan are having dinner. She watches Dax get off his motorcycle to head inside and she's like, how the fuck am I going to do this? But she gets the bright idea to go through the employee entrance and pretends that she works there. This reminded me of Emperor's New Groove where <laughs> where Kronk is like making all the food, but he doesn't work there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> she waits for their waitress to bring the order and she's like, hey, um, which one is which one is he ordering? 
just so I know for when I bring it out to them. The waitress is like, he obviously ordered that. So she mixes the potion with Ryan's food after it's finished. He orders like a fettuccine Alfredo and the potion is like dark green. Yeah. So she's like trying to mix this nasty looking sludge potion into a light colored sauce pasta. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, it's pesto. She's like, this is way more simple than just telling the truth. Face your problems, girl. Face them. She mixes a potion with Ryan's order after asking the waitress which was his plate. And she's like, maybe I should have just listened to Stevie. Because she's like, this is not mixing right. This is this looks like shit. The waitress takes their food out. Just as he's about to take a bite, Clover storms up, knocks the fork from his hand and says that she's been locked in Blair's basement. She tried to poison her, but the walls were so thin in her house that she knew to pretend that the potion worked. And she's like, and now she's trying to poison you. Blair does the next best thing and she grabs a frying pan and hits Clover over the head (laughs) in the middle of a restaurant. Blair is so chaotic. She is. (laughs) Dax is now confused and Ryan's like, how do you know her? And Dax's like, that's my girlfriend. And Ryan's like, oh. (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) Ryan's fucking pissed and wants to know why she's so pathetic and would like stoop down to fuck his dad. Now would be the time for her to be like, I didn't know. This is your dad? Ryan calls her a bitch and Dax is like, don't call her that. And he's conflicted because he wants to defend her, but also he's going to side with his kid because he has no idea what the fuck's going on. She tells Dax to tell Ryan everything and she tells Ryan that Dax never knew about their past, but it doesn't change her feelings for Dax. She leaves them to talk and as she's walking out, someone asks if she's Blair Bellamy and he's like, who wants to know? And he says, the council, you're supposed to be there in three hours. And then everything goes black. For Blair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <gasps> so she's already in trouble for trying to poison a human. She wakes chained in a basement. She can't believe she fucked everything up with everyone she cares about. It feels like she's down there for a while when the same man comes to collect her. And she doesn't fight back like she normally would. She's brought to a room with three thrones and she knows who's going to fill them before they enter. It's the three council members. They start to break her and she tells her side of why she kidnapped Clover and did what she did. She tells them Stevie can vouch for her. So they summon Stevie. Stevie backs her up and they're like, okay, cool. Stevie, you can go. But Blair, you're still have to have a punishment. This is your third strike. Her magic is taken away for one month. And when she gets home, Clover is there holding a knife to Stevie's throat, but it's actually Mara. (gasps) So they're like, here, no magic. One month. Get the fuck out. Mara tells Blair that she will let Stevie go if Mara can possess her body. And Blair agrees to it. And everything happens all at once. And she's now sharing a body with Mara. (gasps) No. Yeah. We switch to Dax's POV. He feels very distraught over everything. And Blair's betrayal hurts more than he is willing to to voice and he's also incredibly jealous of ryan for sleeping with her he's like that's my witch he's like no no god little does he know she only pegged him so so there he was never her daddy yeah him and ryan are at the bar top in ryan's house so they move from the restaurant to the ryan's house dax finally tells him the truth that he's a demon and ryan isn't listening to him like he doesn't believe him so he slightly transforms into his true self like he grows like exponentially bigger his horns grow out of his head and everything and ryan's like oh oh i guess you're telling the truth demon he explains to ryan why he was 
the way he was his whole life, which is distant because he's going to outlive Ryan, so he didn't want to get attached to him. That's fair. Well, I mean, do you feel like that's fair? I think it's kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because you could just be honest the whole time. Let's give this young human daddy issues because I'm afraid to be sad. That's true. That is true. Ryan also asks if he has any kind of cool magic in Dax is like, no. You're basically useless. I'm sorry, kid. Ryan asks, what about Blair? Because she's a human and Ryan doesn't want his dad to be with her. But Dax is like, I'm not going to stay away from her. I don't think Dax tells him that she's a witch. She's a witch, though. I think he didn't know she was a witch this whole time. No, no. Ryan thought she was just human. Damn. Because the witches don't want themselves exposed to the humans because of the stuff that happened like with the Salem witch trials and like yeah okay yeah and Blair thinks they're all pussies because she's like we could literally just kill them yeah so like who cares but it's like the rules yeah okay Ryan says that he needs time to process everything and asks Dax to leave but Dax leaves feeling like better than before he's like okay I finally got the truth out like we're good we get Mara's POV wow uh huh and she thinks that Blair's body is the perfect vessel, but Stevie is getting away, so she grabs her and takes her to the basement. But the deal was, if you take the body, Stevie gets to go. Yeah. Fucking Mara. She locks Stevie up and goes upstairs to Blair's bedroom, and Fez is, like, hissing at her wildly and, like, coiling. She grabs Blair's phone and unlocks it, and she can hear Blair talking to her, which has never happened before. Blair's just like, you're a fucking bitch. And Mara's (laughs) like, this is weird. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? They argue back and forth when someone knocks on the door. She goes downstairs and it's Dax. Dax finally senses it's Mara after like a couple minute conversation. And he's like, you need to come with me right now. But Mara's like, no, and I can't harm you because my new best friend inside this body is going to be really upset with me. And I want to get along with someone. She's misunderstood. Yeah. Mara wants to get along with Blair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) After possessing her, yes. (laughs) She's like, we're going to be stuck together. We might as well be best friends. Blair continues to yell inside her. And now Mara starts arguing with Blair until Blair does something else that's never happened before and pushes her mental walls and whispers for Dax to stab her body. He stabs her in the gut to buy enough time to portal them to hell. We switch to Dax's POV. He portaled them to Lucifer's private quarters and he sees Lucifer and Lilith fooling around. And he's like, that's my boss. (laughs) please stop but he's like what the fuck ever Blair's lost a lot of blood he's like Lucifer I need your help and Lucifer's like why did you bring my daughter here and Dax is like Mara's your daughter and Lucifer's like yeah both of them are what (laughs) yeah Mara and Blair yep because Blair talks about how she sees her dad once a year on her birthday but she doesn't really know anything about him he's also distant yeah but how does he know Mara's there because Mara's in his in her body yeah Uh how does he know Mara's there because Lucifer's in charge of all the demons so Mara is Blair's sister Mm -hmm. the T this family's fucked up yeah. Dax begs for Lucifer to save Blair and he says that he'll save them both, but he wants to know how Dax knows Blair. And Dax is like, um, we're romantically involved and I care for her very much. God damn it. Dax. So Lucifer grabs a blade and cuts his wrist, letting blood spill onto Blair's wound, which closes up immediately. 
Lucifer wants to know who stabbed her and Dax says that he did because Blair wants Mara out. And Lucifer says that they can do that, but they need to coax Mara out gently so they don't hurt Blair. So he uses smelling salts to wake the girls up and Mara wants to know if he's going to kill her. And he says, no, he would never harm either one of his daughters. And then he turns to Milcom, who just like randomly comes in the room and asks why he was never there for Mara. And Milcom was like, because I didn't know that uh, she existed. <laughs> he's supposed to like, like keep track of like Blair and shit and like his other kids if he has any and he didn't do a good job. And Lucifer's like, perfect. I'm going to sacrifice you, Milcom, because you suck at your job to give Mara a body of her own. So Milcom's soul leaves the body and Lucifer drains his blood into a basin and nicely asks Mara to leave Blair so they can give her her own body. Mara is very hesitant, but Lucifer's like, I promise you're going to get something you like. I know you tried out plenty of bodies the last couple weeks, but I don't get to pick one for you. You pick it yourself when you go into the basin. She agrees and she leaves as gently as she can from Blair's body. Dax watches the blood and Mara's soul do like this weird mixing thing. And she comes out of it tall, lean with dark hair and brown eyes, just like Blair and Lucifer. Mara is excited and Lucifer apologizes again for not knowing that she existed and for some reason, Mara's like wants to apologize to Blair. She's like, thanks, but like, I want to talk to Blair now. Her sister. Yeah. Blair wakes up and immediately wants to kill Mara, but Lucifer calms them all down and tells Lila to get Blair and Dax a room so they could try to recover. Once they're alone, Dax wants Blair to talk to him. She's upset about the Ryan situation with Dax, losing her magic, Mara, and then watching Dax stab her. And he doesn't know how to make it okay for her. So he just asks if she wants a bath. And she says, yeah, as long as it's with him. They take a bath together until she passes out. He goes to find Lilith and asks if there's a teleportal. It's like, I'm assuming, a phone. Hell phone. <laughs> so he can check in with Cass and Asmodeus. And as he gets a hold of them, he tells them everything is handled with Mara for now. He's in hell with Blair at Lucifer's, but they need to go check on Stevie. And then he goes back to Blair and decides to dreamwalk to make sure she's okay. We switch to Blair's POV. She wakes up and asks Dax if he was in her dream. And he says, yes. She asks if they can go home, but he says not until she talks to her dad. She doesn't want to talk to Lucifer, but then she starts like laughing and is like, I wonder how fucking the boss's daughter will go for you later on. And he's like, I don't want to talk about that. Not the time. So she knew Lucifer was her dad. No. No, she just knows him as her dad and visiting once a year. But it makes sense now because she's powerful. Yeah. She knows that she should talk to Dax about her dream last night so they can move past it. But she doesn't want to. Her dream that he dream walked into was just him stabbing her over and over again. So she's just watching him do it to her and can't do anything. Like that's traumatic. Yeah. He senses her being upset. So he reminds her that she is his and he's not going anywhere. And he'll literally grovel for the rest of his life if that's what it takes to prove it to her. And then Lilith interrupts and invites them to breakfast. They have a family breakfast that is incredibly awkward. When Lucifer goes to speak to Blair, she interrupts him and asks why he lied the whole time. And then Mara starts interrupting to apologize, but Blair's like, I'm not fucking talking to you yet. Why did you do what you did? (laughs) And he said that he had to let his children live on Earth because they would be collateral damage in hell if someone got pissed off at him and he didn't want them to get hurt. But he didn't know about Mara, so obviously people got hurt with that. 
With Blair, though, he wanted her to be a half-witch to contain her power, um, the power that he gave her. Mm-hmm. So that's why she was the most powerful witch in her coven, because that's she's the only the boy devil. that can contain it. Yeah, and yeah. she's literally the devil. He then turns to Mara and apologizes to her again and asks her to stay in hell with him so he can get to know her over the years like he did with Blair. And Blair's pretty hurt about this because she's like, you didn't really get to know me. I saw you once a year. Like, what the fuck? But he turns to her and says that he would really love for her to stay too. Come stay in hell with me. Yeah. He also tells Blair that if she's interested, he can alter her body to handle more of the demon power. And she's like, it doesn't matter. I don't even have my fucking magic. And he's like, what do you mean? You don't have your magic. So he explains like the whole sacrifice thing and the council taking away her magic. So he's like, all right, let's go. They both go to the council chambers and he's like, hey, ladies, remember me, Lucifer? You worship me sometimes? Sometimes. Why'd you take her Get magic? Get it back. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, that she broke the rules. He's like, but technically, I make the rules and she's my daughter, so. Give my sweet, precious baby angel her magic back. So she can hurt people. They agree to give her magic back. And when they get back to Lucifer's room, he tells her that they can alter her body right now. And she agrees. He slices his wrist into another basin and she closes her eyes as he slowly pours his blood over her body. And I was like, ew, yucky. She feels her body change. She looks the same. But she feels better. Like, her body is, like, reinforced. Mm -hmm. Like, she feels her magic fully, like, everywhere. She asks if he's okay because he, like, has to sit down after this. Like, it took a lot out of him for some reason. And he's like, I'm fine. How does it feel? And she's like, it feels better. He again asks her to stay with Mara. But she's like, I don't want to. But maybe we can do Sunday dinners. And he just, like, laughs like he thought that was hilarious. (laughs) They go and find Dax, and when he touches her, she feels his magic more strongly than before. Lucifer tells Dax to help her with training, which obviously he agrees. Mara asks if her and Blair can spend time together after she figures out her new body, and Blair's like, sure, as long as you don't try to fucking possess me again. And Mara's like, yeah, no, no worries, I won't. We switch to Dax's POV. They get ready to leave to go check on Stevie. Lucifer reiterates that he hopes that they'll be back whenever they want so he can spend time with her. But before they go, he pulls Dax aside and says, teach her everything. And if he hurts her, he will literally destroy his soul. Mm -hmm. They portal to her house. She's very nervous to see Stevie since they had a fight and didn't get to make up. But she's not there. And the only thing in her house is Clover's rotting corpse. And I was like, oh my God. So they portal to the bungalow and they portal right into a threesome. (gasps) Asmodeus is fucking Stevie from behind while she eats Cass out and Blair screams her head off. And Dax is like, we'll be upstairs whenever you guys are fucking finished with this. Good for them. Yeah, they're having the time of their lives. Blair asks what he's going to do now since Mara's taken care of and the investigation is closed. He says he has a new demon to train and plans on following her wherever she goes. And she's shocked by this and is like, you're not going to miss your job. And he's like, "I not really, but I would miss seeing you every day. And I'm like, did you just think he was going to leave you? Yeah, he's got to go no. do his job. No, he doesn't. Because now he's fucking the boss's daughter. He could do what he wants. That's his job yeah. now. Fucking the boss's daughter. 
Stevie and Cass burst into the room and ask if Blair is okay. And she's like, thank you so much for the concern that you're showing. But like, you could have cleaned up Clover's dead fucking rotting body from my house. Now it's stinky. Cass asks if Dax got the credit for Amara and he says no. Cass says that she has to leave and Stevie doesn't want her to and she demands that she goes with Cass. And Cass is like, you're not coming with me. I have shit to do. So Stevie leaves and Asmodeus comes in and says that he's going to be going with Cass. And she says, no, because who's going to watch over our little witch? And then she portals out. And Stevie's their little witch. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little thruple now. A little thruple. We switch to Blair's POV. It's been two weeks. She cannot portal to save her life and she's incredibly frustrated. And she feels really bad at her magic now too because it's different than it was before. She's no longer part of her coven. She signed Hex over to Stevie and her and Dax still haven't had sex yet. He gives her an incentive. If she can portal to her room, he will spank her and make her come. And you know what? She tries again and she's in her room. Oh, she says... That's what I needed. That's what I needed. Yep. I needed the incentive. Yeah. He takes a seat on her bed and tells her to strip. He asks if she remembers her safe word and she says planchette. She lays over his lap as he massages her ass and then gives it a light swat. He uses his shadows to keep her held down and smacks her a couple more times. I'll always be here when you need this, Blair. When you get out of that beautiful head of yours, you're mine to take care of. Smack. Mine to cherish. Smack. Mine to love. Smack. And she's like, what did you yours just say? Yours to love. <gasps> the L word. Uh-huh. His shadows go away and she straddles his lap and says that she loves him too. They kiss passionately and she lifts up to unzip his pants and pull his dick out. Without our lips parting, I fist his length and push him inside of me. Dax groans in my mouth as I sink down on his cock, taking him fully. How could I ever live without this pussy? He asks and I feel myself clench around him. Does my little demon have any shadows of her own? (gasps) Does she? She tries to conjure her own and a very small tendril comes out and gently pushes Dax's hair back before pushing his head into her breasts. And I giggled at that because I'm like, I just see like a little wisp of smoke being like, I know, like motorboat. Yeah. (laughs) Just he kisses and sucks her nipples and the tendril plays with his hair as she fucks him. And then he uses his own shadows to spread her ass apart and move her faster. And then she redirects her tendril to wrap around his. And he like makes a weird like hissing like it feels good when her shadows touch his shadows. Giving his shadows a little hand job. Yeah. She quickly comes and he follows after. He says, that was amazing. And she says, what, riding your dick? And he's like, well, that too. But like, you did a portal. You use shadows. And then he like switches the subject and is like, is Halloween and hell fun here? And can we go? And she's like, yeah, it's like some Halloween festival. Okay. They go dress up as Morticia and Gomez. Uh, apparently her and Stevie went every year since they were kids. So again, there's like vendors, table games, pumpkin carving station, food, stuff like that. They see Asmodeus and Stevie. And since Cass has left, the two of them have gotten very close. Stevie and Blair go to get a caramel apple. And Stevie asks if Blair is leaving soon. And... And Stevie's like, I'm not going to be mad. I'm just going to miss you. And like, I want you to visit. She tells Blair that she's her best friend. And Blair's like, 
No more sappy shit. I don't want to fucking talk about sappy shit. She doesn't like to talk about things. No. They run into Ryan after they meet back up with the boys, and he asks if he could talk to Blair and Dax. Dax looks very hopeful that he's going to have a relationship with Ryan, but Ryan tells him that they can be lunch friends for when he comes back to town. That's fair. I was yeah. like, but like lunch friends? That sounds lame. I like lunch. Who doesn't like lunch? Ryan also apologizes to Blair for how he treated her, and she apologizes as well. They part ways with promises to get lunch next time that Dax is in town. They go back to Stevie and Asmodeus, and they say goodbye and then portal to hell. He takes her to a movie theater-like building filled with people to celebrate Halloween like a demon would. Which means... Which means I'm about to make you come in front of a crowd of demons. They're going to watch as I make you writhe and tremble under my touch, restrained so there's nothing you can do about it. How does that sound, pet? Sounds great. (laughs) She says that she's up for it. And then she finds herself fully naked, vagina on display in a sex swing in front of all the people. God damn. Dax is looking at her and finally notices a pink jewel in her ass and asks if this is for him. And she says, yes, daddy. It's Halloween. So I had plans to leave your ass alone tonight and fully focus on your pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Halloween. I, need, I plan to just pleasure your puss. But it appears you have changed tonight's proceedings. His finger swipes through my wetness, making me shiver. I want you so wet your cum is dripping off the floor for all of hell to see. Then once you're nice and soaked, I'm going to fuck your pussy with this precious plug-in. After you come, I'm going to take your ass. Show them what your daddy does to you, pet. (gasps) Show them. He drops to his knees as his shadows spread her wider and then he starts to eat her out and finger her. She comes and he shifts the swing so she can look at the floor. He tells her the audience can watch her tits bounce as he fucks her from behind and then he enters her roughly and plays with the butt plug as he fucks her and he does not slow down. He tells her to come again as he plays with her clit. As she comes, he pulls the plug out, slowly entering her ass. Oh, That was the last. I think my sweet little demon needs me to redden this ass while I fuck it. And then he (sighs) spanks her a couple more times before he starts fucking her and picking up the pace. And then he is coming hard. Hell yeah. After they come down and he pulls her out of the swing to help her go get cleaned up, the audience goes fucking wild. And he says, happy Halloween. And she says, happy Halloween, daddy. Daddy. They are cuddling later and she asks if she can see his house here in hell. And he's like, if you want. And it's a studio apartment that is incredibly loud and tiny. But he's like, I don't, I'm never here. So this isn't like the nicest. She's like, I don't really care. I'm like, why is he embarrassed? I know. It's a bachelor pad, man. Yeah. As they curl up in his bed for a little bit, she asks where he would like to live because she knows that he isn't happy in Hollows Deep. She says that she wants to explore the universe with him and maybe even go on some jobs with him too if he would like that. And she just wants to visit Stevie as much as she can as well as Lucifer. And he's like, okay, we'll go ask your dad for our first assignment tomorrow. The next day, she portals them to her dad's house, but she accidentally picks Lucifer's room again where he is currently like plowing Lilith and she's like jesus christ oh god they leave the room and run into mara and she is very different less crazy they talk a little bit and lucifer and lilith find them and they all go to dinner so they're having their weird ass family dinner lucifer asks what they're doing and she tells him that she wants to do assignments with dax and he's like well how's your training going and she says good he agrees but there's a stipulation he has to choose the mission so he can see her as often as possible and make sure that she's safe and dax is 
very annoyed by this, but agrees to it. Their first mission is to go to a Kraken realm to take care of demons setting stuff on fire and killing people. And then they like leave the hell to go do that. He's like, that seems safe. We go to Dax's POV. It's the epilogue and it is a few decades later. Blair's in a bikini and even though he loves it, they need to get out of the water realm and back to hell. She pouts, but he says that they'll have a new mission and Mara is having some sort of hell fest party. Oh, I forgot to mention at the family dinner, Mara took over as the princess of hell. It's technically for Blair because she's older, but Blair didn't want it. So now Mara is princess of hell. Okay. The past few years, I guess, were rough. Ryan passed away and Blair did what she did to keep Stevie forever, but they're both healing and they need to get back to work. No more vacation. Oh, so they both died. Stevie's dead? I think so. It just says Blair did what she did to keep Stevie forever. I think that's going to be in the next book, but I think Stevie's alive. I think she might be alive in hell. Yeah, I don't know. He tells her that she is his soulmate and her eyes are pink and she has fully stopped trying to hide the eye colors and he loves it. He crawls over to her and kisses her. They say I love you and she tells him that he is the sweetest revenge she could have ever asked for. Then. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Mm. I liked this one. How many red pepper emojis would you give it? I think I would give it four and a half you liked it liked it i did i liked this one a lot it was a fun book it was fun and do you think daddy dax is sexy yeah you do yeah and riley would you trade places with blair i don't know it sounds kind of cool mm-hmm. but it sounds like a lot of work it does you have to kill your mom yeah see i love my mom <laughs> But yeah, your mom isn't a mean person like Josie. No. No. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. 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 So next week, Riley, we're going to be telling you all about Gabby and the Gobblers by Coda Jean. And we're going to have Riley look at the cover and give us her best guess on what it might be about. So uh, we have like a woman on the cover. She looks to be holding a gun and there's some turkeys around her. (laughs) (laughs) And it says a Thanksgiving fiasco. I think she's going to be fucking some like turkey men but not like our last turkey man (laughs) i fucking hope not (laughs) maybe some like they're kind of like what minotaurs is that what they're called ew or they just have turkey legs (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. that but then she's gonna have like a group (laughs) of friends with her and they are all going to fuck them but they also have to fight them there's possibly some (laughs) bad turkeys Right. Okay. (laughs) I like that guess. Me too. I can't wait to hear all about it. (laughs) All right. Well, if you liked this episode, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Smut Up and Listen Podcast and on TikTok at Smut Up and Listen. Tell your friends, but not your mom. And we'll see you later, you horny little rats. Bye.